third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the face of the earth. <coughs> so Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For when Jezebel destroyed the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave, and provided them with bread and water. Then Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the valleys. Perhaps we will find grass and keep the horses and mules alive and not have to kill some of the cattle. So they, div they divided the land between them to survey it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. Now as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is this you, Elijah, my master? He said to him, It is I. Go say to your master, Behold, Elijah is here. He said, What sin have I committed that you are giving your servant into the hand of Ahab to put me to death? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent to search for you. And when they say, He is not here, he made the kingdom or nation swear that they could not find you. And now you are saying, Go say to your master, Behold, Elijah is here? It will come about when I leave you that the Spirit of the Lord will carry you where I do not know. So when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he will kill me, although I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told to my master what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, that I hid a hundred prophets of the Lord by fifties in a cave, and provided them with bread and water? And now you are here saying, Go say to your master, Behold, Elijah is here. He will then kill me. Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. Well, third year now, and uh, God sends Elijah to Ahab. He says in verse 2, Now the famine was severe in Samaria. I bet it was. Three years with no rain or dew? Can't you imagine what that must have been like? And there's this Obadiah guy. Obadiah seems to be kind of the ancient Israelite equivalent of the, uh, you know, king's chief of staff or something like that. You know, he's over the household. But remarkably, what do we find out about Obadiah? He feared the Lord. He did. Would you have thought you could have been Ahab's chief of staff and feared the Lord? <laughs> what had he actually done? Fifties. Fifties. Okay. Wow. And took care of them with bread and water. Do what now? It's just funny that he keeps mentioning a hundred of them by fifties. Why did you say he hid them in two caves? Right. <laughs> you know, if there were like two hundred and fifty of them and he hid them by fifties, it would make sense. But right. Only a hundred doesn't. Yeah, he split them in half and kept half of them in one part and half of them in the other part. If they find one part, they won't necessarily get to the other. But isn't it amazing? He had managed to keep them alive with bread and water in the cave. Now Jezebel had been on this, you know, inquisition to kill the Lord's prophets. That's part of why Obadiah did that, but they can't find any bread or water. Now people are starving to death and dehydrating. And somehow Obadiah managed to get bread and water smuggled into the hundred prophets of the Lord and keep them alive. Now that really says something. Can you, I mean, you think about, you know, we, we so much tend to look at these stories almost as fairy tales instead of just kind of putting them in our, a context that would be more alive. But here is a high government official secretly subverting this state-sponsored 
massacre of prophets of the Lord and, you know, providing for them on the sly. I mean, wow, this could get you, you know, probably court-martialed for high treason or something. And furthermore, he ends up meeting with the uh, country's most wanted dissident, you know, Elijah. Of course, he didn't have much to do about that. No, they're actually, what are Ahab and Obadiah out doing? Looking for grass. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh. I have a question about that. <laughs> okay. Like, doesn't the king have anybody else he can send to go look for grass? Why is he out looking for grass? The grass is scarce. <laughs> yeah, but like the king? Is he going to be able to find it where others have overlooked it? I don't know. <laughs> That just does not make any sense to me. Did, did he have to let his whole household go and it's just him and Obadiah and <laughs> bound down? Well, that's not the worst thing in this, though that is a little funny. <laughs> you know, if you want something done right, do it yourself, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, but what's he looking for water and grass for? It's the royal horses and the royal mules. Um, oh, no. Do you think somebody else might have needed that, uh, well, maybe not the grass, but at least the water first? Yeah, but there's water where the grass is. Yes. I mean, it's like his stable takes precedence over the people. This is crazy. You know, and, and, and they're, so they're in dire straits. I mean, he's out there personally looking for the water and the grass because his animals are about gone. Can't have that. Is he saying... So they don't have to kill some of the cattle to feed to the horses? Or have less mouths to feed? Horses won't eat them. Well, because I was thinking like, so that we don't have to kill them, like the horses, which yeah. wouldn't make sense because they would die of hunger. So like, I was thinking of another... I get the idea they're having to kill off the cattle because they're starving to death and he's saying, we'll find some grass, we won't have to kill some of them. Right, and I suppose you would probably be wise in that situation to kill a part of them to try to keep some of them alive with your limited resources. And if you eat the ones, like you don't feed all of them a little bit, you like kill the Right, yeah. right. I, I don't know, but I'm just thinking that probably a better strategy in that situation. I'm not in that situation. It just seems funny that, it, that there would be water anywhere nearby that somebody has overlooked. I know, I know. <laughs> and the fact that it's within a day's journey of the two of them, because Obadiah's going to go tell him and, and get back, so... Well, maybe he just left. Maybe they started at the top, and he yeah. was like, you go down this side. Well, they no, didn't find water, this did they? Side. No, it doesn't say they did. They just found Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> found Elijah. <laughs> Which, Which is sort of like finding water. But... <laughs> 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 Wow, isn't Obadiah understandably hilarious when he meets uh, Elijah? He he uh, he has quite a fit. You know? <laughs> he talks a lot. He and does. Elijah just answers in one line. Yeah, you can just imagine him in a high-pitched voice going on and on and getting more and more excited. And now you're talking and then Elijah says, dude, I'll wait. <laughs> Thank you for that to modern speech. Sounds like Jezebel kind of had the rule of the yes, she did. country there. Yep. 
But Ahab didn't necessarily agree. From this account, it appears that he says, has it not been told to my master what I did? No, he means Elijah. Right, he means Elijah. Haven't you found out what I did? I'm a loyal servant of the Lord's. Thank you very much. And now you're trying to get me killed? That's what he's trying to say. So what would that have to do with going to Ahab? Well, his idea is... He's going to tell Ahab that he just saw Elijah and then the Lord's going to take Elijah away and so Ahab's going to come and Elijah's not going to be there and they have looked everywhere for Elijah and they have made people sign papers that they couldn't find him and whatever, <laughs> you know, and, and, and now when, when he's taken away and Ahab knew that Obadiah had seen him and he didn't kill him or he didn't bring him as a prisoner or whatever, he'll die. It has nothing to do with the hundred. Well, he's just saying, I'm a loyal servant of God's. You shouldn't do this to me. Saying he's presuming God's setting him up to be well, exactly. I mean, he's, he's a pessimist, <laughs> you know, he thinks the worst here. But is it any wonder they couldn't find Elijah? They couldn't find a hundred prophets, <laughs> <laughs> they were looking above ground. Well, they were looking for a large group, and there's only 50 of them. These can't be them, yeah. Yeah, there's only 50 there looking for a bigger group. <laughs> I'll let you go. Uh, I mean, this is subterranean, uh, you know. Work. They're not spelongers. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> 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 it, it engaged oh, the royals. Really looking looking <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is interesting, though. Uh, uh, Ahab's not very good at finding things, or people, or grass, or water. So, yeah. But it, that's exactly what Elijah does. He says, no, I'll, I'll be here. So <laughs> you know, he could have taken a breath and let Elijah say that in the middle. <laughs> I love how he pulls in like the whole story about the prophets. And he's like, look, I'm so loyal. Yeah, he's trying to justify <laughs> he's keeping little, himself alive. He's a little excitable. I love how the Bible like gives us the backstory about the prophets so that when he says that, we know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, he is comical fellow. I mean, this would be a great play. I, you know, <laughs> casting over die would be a key element of this. Cameron, I don't think Cameron can do this. One. <laughs> what? <laughs> it takes somebody more uh, than Cameron. Even. He's so loyal. <laughs> All right. Other comments or questions through fifteen. New Bible study could be so much fun here. So, uh, 16 to 19. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is this you, you troubler of Israel? He said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and you have followed the Baals. Now send and gather to me all Israel at Mount Carmel, together with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. Well, so Ahab sees Elijah and calls him what? You're the troubler of Israel. I wonder why Ahab would say that. It's because what Elijah said about, I mean, it's basically making him responsible for the famine and, right? Yeah, but I wonder how he was thinking about that. He said there won't be any rain until I. So it may be because of that. Is it because he troubles Ahab? 
Yeah. Here's an here's this may be just a harebrained thought, but you might think about this one. Is there any possibility that Ahab thinks Elijah caused the trouble because he offended Baal and aroused Baal's wrath and now Baal won't send the rain? Is, could that be what he's thinking? Maybe not. It may be just a simple an explanation to say, you know, just because he predicted there won't be rain that he's the one who's causing it. So maybe that's it. But I, I, I wonder about that one. Uh, but don't you love Elijah's response? It's not me, it's you. <laughs> you're the one who's troubling Israel. You're really the problem. <laughs> you know, you're the aching of the story. It's causing everybody else to be defeated. And he says, you know, let's get prophets together on Mount Carmel, and we're going to see who the real God is. You know, uh, Mount Carmel was considered to be the special dwelling place of the gods. So we're giving Baal another advantage. You know, right where his home base is, we're going to have this contest. We're going to have some kind of duel of the deities here. Comments and thoughts? I really like how bold he is, even to Ahab the king. Absolutely. You know, he just tells him up front. Yeah, he does. Well, 20 to 29. So Ahab sent a message among all the sons of Israel and brought the prophets together at Mount Carmel. Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Now let them give us two oxen, and let them choose one ox for themselves, and cut it up, and place it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other ox, and lay it on the wood, and I will not put a fire under it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people said, That is a good idea. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one ox for yourselves, and prepare it first, for you are many. And call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. Then they took the ox which was given them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they made. It came about at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Call out with a loud voice, for he is a god. Either he is occupied or gone aside, or is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and needs to be awakened. So they cried with a loud voice and cut themselves according to their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out on them. It came about when midday was past that they raved until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one answered, and no one paid attention. All right, so Ahab has everybody get to Mount Carmel to see the results of this <coughs> contest. I think he thought they, this was going to be a slam dunk on Baal's side. You know, I mean, really, um, is God going to be able to uh, to handle Baal in the realm of, uh, you know, the storm? I mean, that's, that's certainly not the Lord's expertise, is it? 
So uh, he doesn't think that, uh, you know, Baal's going to lose in that, so he wants everybody to see this. And, and Elijah challenges the people in verse 21. And what, what's he challenging them about? Picking a side. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> this is ridiculous. They keep trying to play both sides. you got to make up your mind. You know, if, if the Lord's God, then follow him. But if it's Baal, follow him. Now, here's the thing. You can't be detached. If the Lord's God, then you follow him. You can't decide the Lord's the real God and then turn around and say, what movie do I want to see? <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, you got to really, if he's God, then that, he calls the shots. And we just give ourselves to him and we do what he wants. So, but they're just kind of trying to, trying to hedge their bets. And so, he says, all right, here's the contest. We'll take an ox in each and see which God can call fire down out of heaven. They go first. They choose the first animal. They've got all the advantages. And, you know, Baal's expertise is the storm. So all he has to do is bring down a bolt of lightning right there and, and burn up that sacrifice, and he wins. You know, if Baal can do anything, being the storm god, he ought to be able to produce some lightning. I mean, that's the least you could expect. Uh, and he gives him practically a whole day to work on it. And, well, nothing much happens. So finally, Elijah gives him some good advice. What does he tell him? Talk louder. Yeah, why? He's a god. He might be busy somewhere asleep. Yeah. Away. Yeah, I mean, you he know. Disposed. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's, maybe he's in the bathroom. I think that's... Uh, Maybe the idea of him we can go on a side. You know, maybe he's on a trip, maybe he's asleep. Cry a little louder. They not only cried louder, but what else did they do? <laughs> Why'd they do that? Blood sacrifice. He gets blood. I think almost to get his attention. Look, we're bleeding for you. You know, you gotta you, you know, you can tell they're sincere. But no voice, no answer, no nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. There is no bail. No wonder. There's nobody there to listen. Isn't that pathetic? See people that committed, that convinced there's a bail, they'll even cut themselves to try to get his attention, and nothing ever happens. Well. So why would they have agreed to this? I mean, the best that they, it seems to me, eh, mm -hmm. the best that they could possibly have hoped for was a draw. Because Baal has never done anything. They've never seen Baal uh, respond to requests like this before. Why would they think he would now? Well, sure he does. Until the last three years, he'd been sending storms all over the place. Yeah, but for the last three years, he's done nothing. I think they haven't worked out. That's all Elijah's fault. It. That's all because Elijah's offended Baal. So now Baal's... Or Elijah's given him permission, so everything's back to <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what all they thought. No, I don't. But I think they would have thought, well, Baal sends lightning. You know, we've seen him send lightning all the time. Yeah, but never where, never where you direct it. Right. I mean, so... I, that's right. If you but. approach a, a fake and say, okay, we're having a contest between you and me, and let's uh, you know, see who can make this elephant disappear... You go first. 
Well, he knows he's a fake. There's absolutely no way. I don't but think they think they're fake. That's. I think they don't. Because they they're not. Real. They are not thinking they're doing it. They think Bale's going to come down and do it. Now you think about how many people believe in things today. That there's absolutely no evidence. I mean, people believe in astrology and horoscopes and and psychics and palm readers and you know this and we're Americans. We're about the most skeptical people there is. Go to Brazil, and they absolutely believe in everything. You know, it's incredible. I mean, just the, oh, wow. So I think, I think they, they really believe. They really thought, well, yeah, you can do it. And if not all of them, then, because I, I know that, like, in some, some temple worship in, in Greece and such, the highest level priests would do something and there would be that, you know, that flim-flam kind of thing in the background that would cause the fire to start at the appropriate time. Mm. And the newly initiated priests wouldn't necessarily know about <clears throat> that. They'd eventually come to that realization where there was that. So, but yeah, <coughs> it is a little strange that they would be... It's amazing how easily people are deceived, each other. Mm. Uh, it's uh, interesting here that they were leaping on the altar because if Baal was God and he sent fire down on the altar, they'd be toast. <laughs> Interesting thought there. Well, they weren't so convinced, I don't know. Send rain and send lightning just as soon as I leap off of this. Other thoughts? The way uh, my translation's worded, uh, Elijah tells them, you know, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? Yeah. And then it says they limped around the altar <laughs> they had made. <laughs> That's ready. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we stop here then? And, uh, <laughs> I, but how's it going to end? 